0: Today's show, we power rank the loaded Pacific Division. Should the Suns or Lakers be considered the favorites to win the division? Or can the Warriors bounce back with Chris Paul? Or will the Kings surprise us all again? And is there any reason to trust the Clippers? All of that and more on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Matez. However you might be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash today to get started. We're finishing up our division power ranking series as we go through every division, predict which team will finish the regular season with the most wins, then get to some fun categories like best offseason edition, the team most likely to blow it up. Today, we're going to the Pacific Division. Last season, every team in this division made the playoffs. The Kings surprisingly won the division with 48 wins. They were followed by the Suns, Clippers, Warriors, and then the Lakers. But then the Lakers got to the Western Conference Finals. The Suns acquired Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. The Warriors now have Chris Paul. There's a lot happening here. But Adam, who do you have winning it?
1: Man, <laughs> right off the top of the tough one. Um, <laughs> you could make I, – I, I have Phoenix Suns. I think they're going to be a great regular season team. Um, they showed that last year. I mean, when they got KD they in the regular season, they were almost an impossible matchup. I think they're going to be different enough um, that it's hard to game plan during the regular season. And then what they do in terms of just having guys that can get buckets is probably the easiest, like, lowest variance from night to night. Mm-hmm. Um that they're just going to have a great regular season. So it could be, I literally, I think this is a rare example of a division where you could pick all five and all five are good, but I think Phoenix will be, would be my pick.
0: There's one team that I would never select to win this division. I would be shocked, but we'll, we will <laughs> put a pin in that. That's a tease. Uh, You're, say probably the radio right. You're probably
1: right. You're probably right. But,
0: um, I've got Phoenix winning this too. They've got Bradley Beal. They traded Chris Paul for Beal. They're going to start Beal, I guess, at point guard. They've got Devin Booker. Josh Akogi probably slots in as your other your fifth starter alongside Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton. There's some Ayton buzz. Are they going to trade him or are they not? It looks like Frank Vogel, the new head coach there, is going to try to get the most out of DeAndre Ayton. We've seen Vogel get stopped, like great seasons out of centers in the past. Um, they added Eric Gordon, who might be one of the guys in the closing lineups. They add Yuta Watanabe. They add Keita Bates-Diop. There's guys that are uh, bull bull. So, there's a lot of guys here that are interesting that I like, but you hit the nail on the head. I thought every night they're just going to have so many dudes that could just score between Beale, Booker, and Durant, and even Ayton. Like, there's just those are all guys that could put up 20 points, 30 points on any given night. A- and you looked at what kind of happened with them after the Durant trade last year. And, you know, people are wondering, okay, like without Chris Paul, they don't really have a table setter on offense, no true point guard. I don't think they need one. They didn't really use Chris Paul as a true point guard after they made all these trades. Durant midseason last year and Chris Paul just kind of ended up standing in the corner where teams just sort of left him open because they know he's, he doesn't want to shoot that right he wants to get the ball and then kind of go back to the top of the, the the floor and run some more pick and roll so you got to swap Chris Paul out for Bradley Beal who's going to have a quick trigger on that who's a legit threat to shoot from anywhere on the floor I think the offense just it, it's going to be I would be shocked if it wasn't the best offense in the NBA like I think that's what we're talking about here the question is whether or not defensively they can do it, but that's more of a playoff question. We're talking about the regular season here. Yeah. I think they're just going to win. I think they're going to rattle off a bunch of wins. Yeah,
1: I, I think so for sure uh, as well. There and they'll be interesting. A new coach, you know, a new style coach that you know that might be defensive minded. Um, you know, bring some of that that they desperately needed. I, there are going to be questions along the way, just including their depth and, you know, how does everybody work? I, I We have not seen a big three where all three guys eat equal and equal measure. That's never really happened. So who is the guy that doesn't eat here? But Do um, you think they need a real
0: point guard? Do you like What do you think about this Brad Beal, Devin Booker backcourt for them?
1: In the playoffs, yes. In the regular season, no. I think that both of those guys handle the ball so well. They handle it like a point guard. So part of why you need a, a point guard is bringing the ball up the court and – I know that sounds simple, but it's not just about captaining the offense. I think they're going to be fine in the regular season. I do think that there's going to be moments against equal competition in playoff series where having that person that gets an easy shot for some of these other guys is going to be key. Um, but in the regular season, I just don't think it's going to, you know, it's going to affect them a whole lot. Even in tight games in fourth quarters, I just don't think that's going to affect them. It's more a point guard, really strategically, in the postseason. I think that's where their real value shows, but regular season, no.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not that concerned about it. If you don't have an elite point guard at either you know, uh, shooting-wise or, or maybe even an elite defender at his position, I don't know that you really need one. Between Beal and Booker, you're right. I think there's enough playmaking there. Kevin Durant can obviously run pick and roll and do stuff for you too. And they didn't really use Chris Paul when they had him last year. They basically just ran the offense through Devin Booker and Kevin Durant anyway, even though they had one of the best captain point guards in the NBA. So we'll see it'll be interesting what Frank Vogel does here. Like he's going to coach up the defense. He's going to try, like they're basically saying, okay, Bradley bill, Devin booker, Kevin Durant, you're going to figure it out on offense. Like we're just going to score points regardless of the system. You'll just figure out how to score points. And then Frank Vogel, you'll figure it out defensively. It'll be interesting to see if those two things marry at the level that they need it to marry at for them to win a championship, which is obviously the goal here. Um, So let's move off of the Suns here. This is where I think we're going to start disagreeing. I think we disagree right away. Who do you have finishing second?
1: Man, this is tough. Again, this division, I think it's all on a knife's edge. Regular season, I could definitely see Sacramento being up there because, again, they just have, I think think you start to get to who's going to be the most healthy. Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers all have huge health questions. Sacramento does, too. They just happened to be extremely healthy last year. But... Being younger, maybe even being hungrier for a regular season, they—I just, there's a chance that they have a better regular season. I probably would pick them fifth of all these teams in a postseason, but regular season, I, they might rally off wins like they did last year. They were super
0: healthy last year, and you know who knows what happens. You tend not to get like injury uh, that that kind of injury luck two years in a row. But they're young, right? Like that, this is a young team. The young teams don't tend to get hurt that much. They have a rinse and repeat offense with that De'Aaron Fox, Demonte Sabonis pick and roll and that tends to work in the regular season when you just have a system that works that you can rely on every single night. Mike Brown is a great regular season coach. We have seen him coach up teams to a lot of wins in the regular season several times before including last year with Sacramento. I kind of wanted to pick Sacramento to, to finish second. I ended up going I ended up going with the Lakers.
1: I immediately like doubt my own pick. I think no matter what name I would have said, I would have like doubted it immediately, but I, I doubt it already. I I already I went with the
0: Lakers and I doubt it too because yeah. you're right, like LeBron and AD, if they're out for 20 games, then boom, they're they're they win 44 games instead of 48 games, and they're fifth in the division instead of second or whatever it might be. But I think they're deep. I like what they did in the offseason. They brought in Gabe Vincent. You bring in Torian Prince, you add Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes. I like Jalen hood Shafino who looked great in Vegas during Summer League uh, as a rookie. You obviously bring back Austin Reeves on that great, great deal. D'Angelo Russell comes back. But I also think that this is a year where we could see LeBron just really go for it. I think he got a taste of something last year in the Western Conference Finals. He's like, okay, I think I think for the first time in two years, now that the Westbrook thing is the, over, I think he really believes in this group. And when we see LeBron motivated, I, I still think he's one of the best four or five guys in the NBA can you get that? Can you get a healthy Anthony Davis? And if you don't even get a healthy Anthony Davis, you've got other options between Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura. They just signed Christian Wood to a minimum. You got Jackson Hayes. We'll see if he pops. Like now you have more options if Anthony Davis misses games than I think you had before. So I don't know. I'm I guess I'm just gonna take a, there's you can make an argument against all these teams and, and yeah. you can make an argument for all of them. I'm gonna just take a swing and I'm gonna say, you know what, maybe they're healthy this year and they win like 50 games and they
1: they finish second in this division. I mean, for me, and we've, look, I'm guilty of this. I've been doing this just like everyone else has been doing this for the last three or four years, where you keep wondering where's the end for LeBron. And while it's very clear, he is no longer the player that he once was the most dominant force of the last 25 years. He's not that guy anymore, but he still put up 29, eight and seven last year. still was incredible in the playoffs. I think guarded Jokic as well as anyone, but I do look at it and go, the decline is obviously here. And there is always that year where it's just like, oh, yeah, now it's over. We didn't realize it, but it, here it is, whether it's injury or whether it's just like, oh, man, that guy's starting to look old. And I, again, I predicted this three years in a row. So, so take the salt <laughs> to create a salt. But I do think that this might be the year where you get to January and he's just looking at it going like, man, I got five more months of this. This is exhausting. I don't have it in the tank. I, this could be the year. And then he takes like a
0: little mini retirement in the middle of the season. But to your point, maybe that that comes at the sacrifice of some regular season wins. And they're not second. I have no idea, man. I don't know. know. This this division is impossible. The Warriors, to me, might be the toughest team to figure out here. Is Chris Paul going to start for them? Is he going to come off the bench? What does this lineup look like? What do they do? Is this a team that can kind of maybe be at the end of their rope, too, when it comes to age? The way that we're talking with LeBron, we're going to talk about that next year. Unlocked on NBA. Today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 are going to get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and get everything you need for the NFL season with an offer that you're not going to want to miss FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to Locked On NBA. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Let's move on to the Golden State Warriors. I've got them finishing fourth. So I've got the Suns, the Lakers, the Kings finishing third. I've got the Warriors fourth. Um... The big thing is that they they move on from Jordan Poole. They swap him from for Chris Paul, um, and now we don't know whether or not Chris Paul is going to come off the bench or start. He answers a question I think asked by Barrier News Group's uh, Madeline Kinney in Vegas during like this weird like yeah press conference that was like in the in a broom closet or something. And um, he's a, and he says, "How do you know I'm not going to start?" Like, are you the coach or something? We haven't talked, Me and Steve Kerr haven't talked about that. And it kind of seemed ridiculous at first, but then you start thinking about it. And, and what Steve Kerr used to do when he was backed into a corner, it was, he would start Steph, Jordan Poole, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond Green. And I do wonder at this stage of the, of their careers, at this stage of the Warriors, is there something to be said about just starting Draymond at center and starting Chris Paul I think that might be their best lineup. It's Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. We've seen Steve Kerr go with non-traditional lineups before. I don't know that he'll start with it, but it's worth
1: considering going with that as your starting no. group. I think you want to just look at how does your rotation, it's not even because you will probably close with that lineup. So you start yes. to think about what is just, how does the rotation work so that everybody gets their adequate rests and in the right moments. And so that it's not too choppy. And that's why I would doubt the wisdom of going to that starting lineup. There is the ego issue of, like, has Chris Paul ever come off the bench and now doing it for his bitter rival? But By the way, we don't talk about it enough how weird <laughs> it is that Chris Paul's there. This is the weirdest That's thing. Fine. Chris Paul, Steph Curry, those are rivals. The two best point guards of an entire era. Hated, go matched up against each other several times in a postseason. It was always chippy. And for them to be teamed up, it is really weird. And we kind of just, in this player um, where everybody's kind of trading teams a bunch, we almost, like... Just blink and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that happened. This is weird, man. This is really weird. weird.
0: I still have so many friends of mine who are Warriors fans from my my days in the Bay Area, and like, it's still weird for Warriors fans. Usually, if you're a <laughs> fan, you just like, yeah. I hate this guy, and then he's on your team, and he's like, I love this guy. Like, that's right. how fans work. But even there, like, it's so deep seated. They're like, I don't, I don't even know if I'm rooting for this guy on the Warriors. They're so conflicted. It is so. I, I'm glad you bring that up because we lose like those even player to player rivalries because everybody's friends in today's NBA yeah. too. Not even just like trading teams and playing with each other. Everybody's just friends. Even if you don't play with each other ever, yeah. Chris Paul and Steph Curry were never friends like that. And that was never even like, Oh yeah, I've got like, it was just like a respectful thing. Like, no, they just didn't like each other. So um, yeah. this will be really interesting. I would probably lean towards, I don't know, man. I, like Steve Kerr is also like, he's hip to the player's ego, man. Like he's willing to, to take care of that. If it means he thinks he'll get the most out of them. And the other guy, like if it's between basically Chris Paul and Kevon Looney, Kevon Looney has no ego, right? He'll come off the bench. You right. don't care, like he's yanked in and out of that starting lineup all the time. I just wonder, like in certain matchups, like if you're playing Denver, right? If 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 you're in your you own division, you're playing you the Lakers size. or the Kings. Yeah. Like you need size, and so that's where I start to get to it. My biggest question with Golden State, outside of who starts, because you're right, it really isn't. I guess not. It's not. It's important, but it's probably not the most important thing with them. I still don't think I don't love their depth. They bring back Gary Payton. The second I still don't know what to think of in terms of Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. They added Dario Saric. They lose Dante DiVincenzo. I feel pretty good about, like, five or six guys on this roster, and I don't feel very good about anybody else.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing, right? I, I, this is a big year for Kaminga. First of all, what is this latest on Saric? Like, I mean, because he's a guy that I like. I mean, in theory, I don't know how much he can contribute, you know, and how much of this. And I like Gary Payton. To be honest, they have guys I like. The thing about the guys that they that I like that are on their roster is they only work in specific configurations. Like Gary right. Payton, you can't pair him with guys that can't shoot, you know? Like right. he's going to be that guy on the roster, so you have to have guards and spacing around him. So that's how, the part that I think makes this a little bit complicated. But I will say, this might be a regular season regular season struggle team, but playoffs they have eight guys that you like that are really good, and all right, that's all we need. We, now all of a sudden the configuration is easy because guess what? Steph or Clay or Draymond are on the court at all times, yeah. and now we know what we're doing.
0: One of the Achilles heels for the Warriors over the last year, even when they were winning championships, were the minutes that Steph was on the bench. Even when they had Kevin Durant, those minutes with Steph on the bench weren't always positive. Now that you mitigate that, because I'm going to assume they stagger Chris Paul and Steph Curry to some degree. Like You're always going to have one of those guys on the floor. And if Chris Paul is sort of your de facto backup point guard behind Steph or whatever it is, if you always have one of those guys on the floor, now that, that Achilles heel that's been sort of haunting you for the last 10 years is gone, because that's not going to be the case anymore if you've got Chris Paul running your offense. I love that for them. I just don't know who the guy with Chris Paul is. Like, who's running pick? Chris Paul's a pick-and-roll player. He's the opposite in terms of stylistically what they do with Steph and Clay running off those split actions with Draymond kind of bringing the ball up. Like, who's the guy that runs pick-and-roll Chris Paul? And I look at a guy like Jonathan Kaminga who can maybe be, be like a small ball center, the way that Steve Kerr maybe used Paolo Bancaro for Team USA. I could see him trying to experiment with Kaminga in a similar way. If Kaminga could be that version of a pick-and-roll partner with Chris Paul, then all of a sudden, okay, you know what you're getting in terms of identity when Steph and Draymond and Clay are on the floor, and then you know what you're getting in identity when you kind of maybe have a Chris Paul-centric offense kind of in that second unit, quote-unquote second unit. That's really interesting to me. I'm not I, look. I think in the playoffs, I, you you mentioned maybe they have eight guys. As long as you have those five guys, I'm good with them in the playoffs. Like I'm not, gonna, I I would have a hard time betting against them. But I w- I'm with you in terms of the regular season. That's why I have them finishing fourth. I think there's going to be a lot of experimenting, a kind of lot of ups and downs, and a kind of lot of figuring it out here in the regular season to make sure that they're optimized by the time the postseason comes around. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you have? Fi- I, that leaves the Clippers. You and I both have them finishing
1: fifth. You know, what's funny is maybe this is the spot the Clippers always needed to be in, right? (laughs) Every year they're predicted to be the best team in the Pacific. They're going all the way. They're the toughest matchup and every year they underperform. So maybe this is the best spot for them. You know, the schedule, there was a lot, I don't know if people saw this, but when the schedule came out, they had the toughest in terms of the most back, the the least favorable of all the the standard stuff. Uh, A lot of road trips and one-off homestands and different things like that. So you Know maybe that plays a part in it, but you look at their roster, it's the same as it's been we're gonna have the same conversation we've had every year in the Clippers era with with Kawhi. You look at it on paper, man. There's nothing but names, they're versatile, they got lots yeah. of guys. I they're they should be good. Will they play?
0: I've been out on the Clippers, I've been shorting the Clippers stock since the Kawhi and Paul George trade. I'm, I am I don't believe in anybody on that team in terms of like an alpha. I think Kawhi is an awesome player. I don't think he's a leader and I don't think he plays enough and I just think that stuff matters and I'm out. I'm just out. And I'm out on them this year and I kind of teased it earlier. You said all 5 of these teams could win the championship or win the division or whatever. I I have a I don't see a world where the Clippers make it to the Western Conference Finals. I just don't see it. Like this team is mm-hmm. never healthy. Kawhi is reportedly going to be okay for training camp after another injury in the playoffs last year, but like it's just a matter of time. The big question with the Clippers is in terms of additions, it's Kenny Martin Jr. That's it. Is there a James Harden edition out there? <laughs> I, that, that, you know, that's like the big question. But then again, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know how good I feel about it with James Harden. Like, you put Harden in there, it's it's a good roster. It's it's Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi. Like, those guys are really good. And and Zubac is a, is a solid starting center, and they've got options on the perimeter. But I don't know. I just I can't I can't I just I can't buy into this team. This is the team that I I feel the most icky about. I think in the NBA because it just.
1: It feels made up. It doesn't even feel like a real team. I think the most Clipper, like the Clippers of this era to me are the most like player empowerment team. They're the most super team, you know, of this entire era in some ways. And it would be so fitting if they were to trade their few, you know, their role, Norman Powell and Terrence Mann, you know, Nick Batum for another star, just to pair with Westbrook and Paul George and Kawhi. It It would be very fitting. And to be honest with you, might be good. I don't know. Those are all good players that yeah. can shoot and do a lot of different things. But um, yeah, this Clippers team. I, I'm gonna. This is gonna be my official. I have to have a take on the Clippers. I think my official take is gonna be they're in the perfect spot. Nobody believes in them. Finally, for the first time. I mean, they were still getting picked to win the finals last year. Everybody's like, this is the
0: year. Kawhi and Paul George are healthy, and whatever. And like Kawhi last year in the playoffs, he was putting up thirty point games like every night. He looked amazing. But he can, he can look amazing for a month, and then it just – and then something happens, and he tweaks it, and the hamstring or a knee or something, and, and it's done. So um, maybe you're right. Maybe this, everybody's got to count him out, and then eventually – in terms of, like, interesting teams, I don't really even care to watch the Clippers, man. I just – it's the same thing for three years. I'm just, okay, I get it. Cool. You have Russell Westbrook now. Awesome. Like – wasn't a guy that I was necessarily tuning into in the first place, anyway.
1: Bones Highland, rooting for him though to have you know yeah. he's he's such a dynamic player. I don't know if he's part of that team. He maybe is the first guy traded. <laughs> and now that I think of it, he's from Delaware, right near Philadelphia. Ooh, Bones hmm. Highland for James Harden. You get Bones and Tyrese Maxey together, like you know, teams teams are confused which is which. They constantly getting mismatched. <laughs> <laughs> it could work. I look if I'm if
0: I'm the Sixers and you're giving me the like Norm Powell. And Bones Highland, I would just take it for
1: Harden. I mean, it's a good. That's a good. You know, that's. I would do it. I would take it. Two two players that play for you. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Coming up, which of these teams that we talked about is the most likely team to blow it up? We're going to talk about that next year on Locked On NBA. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. All right, let's move on to some categories we'll get to the team most likely to blow it up here in a second but let's start with the best off-season edition in the pacific division adam what do you think
1: the best off-season is, is that what yeah, you said
0: best off-season edition yep oh,
1: man who do you have let me let me hear yours i got it i really wanted to zag and just go chris
0: paul because i actually am pretty bullish yeah. on the chris paul edition everybody's like is it a fit stylistically does it make sense start coming off the bench I whatever i I tend to bet on just basketball IQ and smart people figuring it out. And Chris Paul is such an injection of basketball IQ into the Warriors team that already has so much. I just think they're going to figure it out. So I really wanted to go with Chris Paul, but it's the answer is Bradley Beal. The answer and is
1: Bradley Beal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't have to overthink this one. It'll make them interesting. He can. He has forty, fifty point game potential in him. Um, I don't. I still don't know about the fit. I still think it's weird, but uh, it's the best addition.
0: What do you think is Phoenix's closing lineup? Like what's the closing lineup
1: that you, that you like the most? Is it Beal, Eric Gordon, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Ayton? Is that it? I don't know. That fourth guy or that fifth guy is probably the one that you just like, depending on the circumstance, right? If you need a little bit more size, you have you have more options of guys you can throw out there. Um, and if you need a little bit more guard, sort perimeter or whatever it is, then you have, you know, a Kogi you can go to, for example, mm-hmm. Eric Gordon you can go to. So... For me, I don't know. I think I think if they have a four-man closing lineup with a fifth guy that, that changes depending on the circumstance.
0: It could be like hot hand, TBD, matchup-based. You're probably right. I'd probably pencil in Eric Gordon to be that guy, but it could be ak Bates, K-debates-Diop if he's like three of five on corner threes in that game, or Utah or, or, for the same reason.
1: Well, also, like, do you need the scoring at that point, right? Like, like I don't think they're going to sc- have a hard time struggling to score in the clutch, no matter who you put out there as that fifth guy. Like you can afford one guy who's not an elite, you know, scorer. And why go small
0: with Eric Gordon like defensively to your point? Right. Like he's not doing more than Josh Akogi cuz I do wonder if if we're supposed to be putting DeAndre Ayton and Sharpie in that closing lineup. Like if opposing teams go small, could they go with like Durant at center or like Akogi as like your or or, Beta, or Bates Diop as your sort of nominal center.
1: I don't I, know I mean, some, teams, some teams some teams yes, but I don't know that you want to build your identity around that uh who's the most interesting player in the division most interesting who did i have down for this one let me hear yours again while i pull this up i don't know uh i (laughs) i literally there's so many interesting players in this division i've
0: got i've got written down lebron kevin durant steph Kawhi. like they're all interesting i'm gonna i put i put i'm gonna cross out Kawhi because to me the clippers are just uninteresting until they prove to be interesting um (laughs) Can you tell how much I dislike the Clippers? You really,
1: you really hate the Clippers. Yep. like I got that. I'm sick
0: of it. Um, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go LeBron here, man. Like we're talking about one of the two Ooh. greatest players of all time. And you mentioned like at what point does the decline come? Like, I don't know. I just find his career so fascinating. I know people crush like ESPN and and the national media for all always talking about LeBron and everything. I'm like, I don't know. I think it's appropriate. I think we talk about LeBron enough. He might be the greatest player of all time at a very important part of his career, can he win another championship? Can he get another ring? Like All this stuff is fascinating, not just on a level of when we're talking about this season, but we're talking about the context of the history of this league. Everything LeBron does is interesting. And so I've got LeBron, but you can also make the same argument for Kevin Durant. Like, is it finally, does it finally happen for him in Phoenix, right? (laughs) Like, I think all of this is very fascinating.
1: I, I, you went a different direction with this. I mean, those guys are obviously more interesting. You know, all the stars are, are more interesting just inherently. But, for, like, in the spirit of the question, to me, I'm thinking about players that have the most interesting outcomes that impact their teams the most. I think I'm going to go with Jonathan Kaminga on this one because, as we were just talking about, I think with this Warriors roster, health aside and age aside, you know what you get from Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. Like you just know what you're getting from those guys. I think you know what you're getting from Gary Payton. You know he's limited in, in a certain way. And Kavon no, Looney, exactly you know exactly. Yeah. So you have seven guys right there. Playoffs you need eight, and you really have Gary Payton the guard, Kavon Looney the center. So you need somebody on the wing. Kaminga to me, if you told me Kaminga made a leap this year, not as a star, but as a role player that can play 30 minutes if he's need- needed to, consistently. To me, I look at that and I go, okay, the Warriors are for real. They're a contender. They're as good as just about anybody in their top eight. I'm, I'm all in. But if he's not, if he's sort of the same guy that we've seen, inconsistent and maybe even a liability in, in like a playoffs, yeah. then I look at him and I go, I just think they're too thin and they're going to be it's going to be nightmare matchups for them against certain teams. So he's a swing guy for the Warriors.
0: He is the biggest maybe X factor in the entire division, right? And so it's a great answer. Uh, it could go both ways with him. He could get James Wiseman by the trade deadline and they just <laughs> gave up on him and, and trade him somewhere for nothing. Um, or he could be that guy. Like I mentioned, like he could be the small ball center that Chris Paul needs to run pick and roll in the second unit with. And then all of a sudden he's got a role where it didn't feel like he had a role last year. And we've seen Chris Paul with like DeAndre Ayton kind of get through to younger guys that he's played with. And I do wonder yeah. if Chris Paul takes Kaminga under his wing a little bit. I remember talking with Kaminga last year first story I wrote on him and he's like, he like wants to be Kobe. He's not yeah, Kobe. Yeah, He's not going to be Kobe with the Warriors, you know. Yeah. So can you can you zero in on a role by the? And there was moments where he he seemed to buy in, especially defensively. So we'll see. It's a great answer. I'm fascinated by by that too. Um, team most likely to blow it up.
1: None of these teams really seem likely to blow it up. So they're all you know. I think four of them are contenders. The Kings probably not contenders, but they're right. regular season contenders. You know, they're going to be really good. Um, and who knows, maybe they make a trade or make a leap, you know, that I don't foresee. I don't see anybody blowing it up, but if I had to say most likely, ugh, it would do, Can trading DeMontis Sabonis be considered blowing it up since he's their first or second best player? I guess so. So maybe I'll say Kings.
0: Why would they trade Sabonis? They just signed him to an extension, didn't they? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess you have to wait for forever too then. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, it's not going to be Phoenix. They're not going to blow it up. The Warriors are not going to blow it up. Would trading Clay are... Thompson, would trading Clay Thompson
0: qualify as blowing it up? Yes, yes, it would. Right? He's in the I final so. year of his contract. He's making forty three million this year. He looked good by the end of last year. Like he looked good, yeah. but I don't. I don't know that he's going to continue to look good. I don't like. I'm not predict. I will never predict that the Warriors are going to split up Clay Thompson. But they have a decision to make on Clay Thompson. Like, are all, right, they gonna all right, resign him.
1: Like, what are they? Gonna you don't. Him? You don't have to believe in the basketball gods. To think that taking on Chris Paul and trading Clay Thompson would be bad juju, it would just be—I don't—I don't don't know that there's a world where that is a smart thing to do to the universe.
0: It cleans up their rotation. You start Chris Paul, Steph (laughs) Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney. (laughs) I I, I, please do not come after me, Warriors fans, Warriors friends. I'm I'm just kidding, but I was just asking the question. Just something's got to give, Clay. Decision has to be made. Decision has to be made. The, the, the answer to this question is the Clippers, right? Kawhi and Paul George are both up for extensions. They have yet to sign them. We'll see if they do. I I shy away from predicting that they're going to trade one of them, but this kind of feels like it. For the, Like, if it doesn't work this year, like, what are you really going to do? The problem is that they have the new arena opening up next season. And yeah, are you going to blow this thing up and be rebuilding into a new arena? No. You can't do that, right? Uh-uh. And so, but I do think that, like, There's a world, if we're talking about most likely, in the spirit of the question, the most likely outcome here is that the Clippers are just so over it. And then they just say, you know what? Maybe we can actually get something for Kawhi and Paul George that doesn't indicate a full rebuild and we could still be competitive. Because we're only winning like 44 games a year anyway. Can we trade these guys and get healthy players who are not as good as them at their peaks, but at least play more and we could still win that amount of games while we open up the new arena? And if I'm a Clippers fan, I don't want to really root for Kawhi and Paul George in the new arena. I'm kind of over it. (laughs) <laughs> this is the this the headline is west hates the clippers to this to it really that. is man go after west i'm over <laughs> here not saying anything come at me clippers fans
1: come at me um who do you, so did who did you go with the kings i mean i again man every one of these to me this is one of those ones where all these questions to me are like 20 percent evenly distributed for all, all teams so um I mean, I could with all of the above and none of the above yeah i mean honestly it's none of them but one of them is going to like have a disaster season and blow it up and i don't know if they're all equally possible of that i'd say phoenix least likely to blow it up just because it's new you know they're so like pot committed too it's like yeah they're pot committed so they're not going to blow it up but all these other teams and again sacramento i don't think would blow it up into like go into rebuild mode but right their team is fox and sabonis and i could just see a world where they were like okay it's not that anymore it's you know, Fox and something. It's all these players, but we traded some bonus or we traded just a, a major piece, but it still feels like the same team. I, I could see that.
0: They brought back Harrison Barnes. and probably like everybody. I don't know. They seem to like it there. Uh, thanks for making locked on NBA. Your first listen every day, every day is make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube, Odyssey, and your favorite podcast app. The show's gonna be back on Monday with the biggest stories from the NBA weekend until next Friday. You can find me over at Locked On heat and Adams over at locked on nuggets. In the meantime,